0: Welcome to the West of North London podcast, where we sit down each and every week to answer your big arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. I'm trying hard not to laugh because. (laughs) No, I'm going to laugh because it's just too funny. People have no idea how many times we've done this. Yeah. I'm going to let you in behind the curtain. This is like try number 5 or 6 on
1: multiple platforms yeah. to try to get this this episode out. This is device number 3 for today for me. So, we're we're, we're this is looking better, I hope.
0: Uh yeah, we'll let's we'll see if we can keep it together long enough to get the episode out. Um how so are you Caleb. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> what uh how are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Enjoyed I enjoyed an Arsenal win. At least that's making uh, this uh prime process better. Like how about you?
0: Oh, I'm so good. I'm 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 so glad that we're we're doing this. <laughs> um and yeah, I'm glad Arsenal won too, because uh it would really suck if we <laughs> didn't get didn't had to do this for
1: a loss and still didn't get it figured out <laughs> serious. uh, but yeah, I mean the wind always makes things better and even uh even technical problems the wind makes better yeah I'm excited to talk about the game
0: yeah, I want to get to it so let's let's talk about our drinks uh, real quick. Uh, what do you have on your end this week?
1: um I have something from surprise surprise Menace Brewing. It is. Our upside, upside down barrel aged oatmeal stout. Uh, it is six point six percent, aged in barrels, bourbon barrels to be precise, for three months about. And it's amazing. It has like a nice little syrupy, thick flavor. Tastes like breakfast. Has some chocolate. It's a little bit sweet. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's a. It was one of my favorite beers on tap before it was barrel aged, and the barrel aging just makes it that much better.
0: Yeah, it sounds really good. Um, it is. I am a little more boring. I've got maybe the most common beer in Seattle, and it's the Elysian Space Dust. And uh, it's okay. I, I I think I liked it more maybe a couple of years ago, but I think I've had it too much now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's a It's a good, solid IPA. I think you had mentioned, or I may magically know, that's around 8%. Which uh, is a little too much for me.
0: Yeah, I oddly enough, I, I use this as as a, a mixer for weak beers, <laughs> which <just laughs> sounds weird. But if you're if you're at if you're ever at a bar and they have this on tap and they don't have anything else that's good, but you're burned down on it like I am, you just get them to do a half and half, and it kind of just kicks up whatever else is out there because. You're adding 8% plus some bold flavor. And some people find that sacrilegious, but I say mix and match. See what yeah. you
1: can find because you been, might discover something great. I've been recently uh, doing some mix and matching, mixing some of our IPAs with our chili beer because the chili beer is way too spicy for me. Ooh, yeah. If you add a little bit of the IPA, it cuts down that spice and it like actually brings out the flavors of the pepper. So you're actually f- tasting the fruit. So yeah, I've been enjoying doing that. I do mix and match. There we go. I've had some horrible uh, concoctions as well, so it never—it doesn't always work. No, it—it
0: is not a perfect science, but it is—it is a fun adventure. (laughs) Um, okay, let's let's cut to the chase. Let's get to Tim's bit, so we can get to actually talking about Arsenal this week too.
1: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get through it. Uh, <laughs> my bit for this week is that Wolverhampton Wolves as a nickname has always annoyed me because their real full name is Wolverhampton Wanderers. And so their nickname is the Wanderers or so Wolverhampton Wanderers. I never, I understand why it's Wolves, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's always, uh, kind of bothered me. Are there any, uh, nicknames that you don't like that bother you, that annoy you in the world of soccer?
0: Um okay. I I had to I had to pull up a list because I don't know that I hear all these nicknames all the time. Um I'm just gonna go through these because they're they're kind of interesting. I don't really think of these. Um <laughs> this, this one jumps out at it, at at me because I, I hear this and it kind of makes me cringe. Awesome villa, the villains. <laughs> I just kind of funny dislike. Um Okay, Brentford Bees. I like it. They got bees in there. their, you know, it's actually an area where they have a, a lot of bees. Okay, so that that's not a bad one. Um, let me find some bad ones here. Um, and I probably, you know, as I read these, oh, here's one I didn't know. Leeds can go by the peacocks? i have never heard I that one. I actually never heard that one before. That's interesting. Uh also, I don't like the citizens for Man City. Not a, not a fan of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that one always has bothered me. Same with uh I, I've always been annoyed with uh, Watford because they have the moose in their crest, but their nickname is the Hornets. Never I never understood that.
0: Here here's what they have is on this list for Watford. They have the Hornets. They have the Golden Boys. They have Yellow Ar- Army and the Oranges. I Orns? Wanna, I'm guessing that's for the moose? <laughs> Orns.
1: Know. It's just Orns. <laughs> I think I'm going to call them the Orns from now on. We play them next week, so uh, during the podcast I'm just going to refer to them as the Orns. The Orns. Not the Orns. to be confused
0: with West Ham who goes, who can also go by the Irons and not just the Hammers.
1: Yeah, I knew the Irons. That's because I have like a million in West Ham. Uh,
0: I'm just scrolling through here i've never understood the cherries for bournemouth i don't get that one i've heard it and don't understand it probably something to that
1: yeah there's a uh, there's i always like posh for uh, peterborough interesting one
0: um nothing really jumps out as some of these other ones
1: don't go silent like that on
0: Sorry, thinking, <laughs> reading. Uh, yep. Also, don't understand the baggies for West Brom. Don't don't get that.
1: they it's a type of bird and it's on their crest, I believe.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, well, there's a lot I don't understand, but there's there's a few in there I don't like as well. So, yeah. oh, here's one. I here's one for Newcastle. I knew about the magpies. The but the other one is the
1: Geordies? Yep. That actually refers to kind of everyone from the area. They're called Geordies. It's uh, a, okay. a name for people from Newcastle north of the Tyne area. So if you're in England, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. From outside of England, you probably don't really know the local names of people.
0: Nope. I think that's one of the few that uh Well, no, maybe that, but anyway, there's, there's quite a few on here. I don't understand, but that's okay. Oh, (laughs) here's one for Chelsea, the pensioners.
1: That's a new one. I don't think I've heard that one. That's pretty funny. Uh,
0: all right. Well, I'm learning some things.
1: That's what I aim to do.
0: I'm also secretly pleased that this, this episode is still Going, yeah. <laughs> Which tells you how much trouble we've had because we're only nine minutes in. So, let's not jinx it and uh, move on to actual no. soccer. You can oh. hear me knocking on the my wooden desk here. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about the games. Let's talk about let's talk about some Arsenal. Um, so, this last weekend we had a game against Brentford. It was the second leg of the home and away uh, in in the Premier League this season. Uh, and I, I, I think I knew going into this game that it was going to be a bit different from our opening game with them. And that, that proved to be true because it looked like a very different team, a very different arsenal team, um, which I'm, I'm happy to say because there, there have been outside of how they played them the first, first time this season, there have been years where we have just struggled against teams we should beat. And I can say that it feels like we've turned that corner a little bit. You know, not to say we didn't have some hiccups with uh, um, Burnley not too long ago. And, you know, we've had, had some stumbles, but, really you know a, a draw to burnley is not the end of the world we've we've actually like had seasons where we just totally shit the bed against teams we should be beating and it feels like that has is a thing of the past with this team at the moment which is 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 a nice feeling i I always have to like have these caveats because I, can, as an Arsenal fan, I can like never buy into it. I always have to like leave myself an out. I have to like hedge a little bit and like never truly buy in because if, as soon as I do, the other shoe is going to drop and Arsenal's going to start being horrible. So I don't ever want to be too confident.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be as bold as to say that there's a, a, a trend or anything from this game. I am just going to say it is nice to actually beat a team that we should beat, and really for like their one goal was a very flattering goal. It was a very pretty, in my opinion, dominant overall performance of the team. There was you know a little blip in the 70th minute when it was still one nothing, where you know uh, they looked like they were a uh, look looking like they may have a way in. There was a close uh, goal that almost was a almost there in that time period. But once we scored that second goal, everything was in control and then they scored a garbage goal in garbage time, which is annoying. But other than that, I thought it was a shared performance. I thought there was very little to poke out as kind of bad. And these are exactly the performances that move you up the table. So that's, that's where I'm most excited.
0: Yeah. um, You know, starting from the top of the game here the, I don't think there was any real surprises, uh, in the lineup, maybe the one unknown going into this game was going to be if, uh, Tommy Asu could make it back, uh, to full health in time and probably for the best that he got the additional rest. He did make the bench, but Cedric got this the second start. Uh, I think maybe one of the few times he's gotten two premier league starts in a row. Um, but he, uh, I would say that Cedric is one of those players that can really drive me nuts. Um, he's fine, he's competent, and at moments looks pretty good. But then at other times, I he leaves a lot to be desired, um, and I would not want to rely on him. As a full time starter, at any point, if we could avoid it, so I'm, it makes me really glad that we have a, a strong right back in Tomiyasu.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's very nice to have the uh, the, the coverage there, and uh, having Tomiyasu back will be a uh, very nice.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to complain about as far as the way the team played. Um, I just say that first half though, there was a lot of almosts, uh, but nothing that really was super threatening, but, you know, Arsenal controlled that game and it was nice to feel like they were in the driver's seat from the beginning, even though they weren't, weren't able to score until the second half. It it never felt like uh, it never felt like Brentford was really threatening our goal all that much.
1: Yeah, more than that, like it, 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 it felt really nice down that right hand side. It was a very strong attack down during there. It looked dangerous. I think the first, from the first kickoff, we had a strong attack down the uh, the the right hand side and it thread throughout the game. So you know, far be it from things to complain about. I think there was a lot of positives to draw of this game. That we're continuing on that form. That uh, you know, our two youngsters are are playing well. I thought uh, party had a really good match throughout the game. I thought uh, Odegaard looked good distributing. So yeah, overall it was a pretty uh, pretty whole performance. Am I allowed to say that?
0: Yes, and we need to be able to say it more. I think that you know this this team should be. Hopefully, getting into a, a good form, you know, I it's there's been a lot of stops and starts with international breaks, with red cards, with injuries. So it, getting a consistent lineup that can really gel, uh, I think, is the ultimate goal. But the amount of times that Arteta has been able to draw upon his uh, ideal starting eleven is uh, few and far between, it seems. But you know, with only Tommy Yasu out this week and uh Martinelli out for his red card. I think this is as close to his ideal eleven as, as you can possibly get because um you know Emile Smith rowe is no slouch. He's not he's not some uh you know distant second when it comes to <laughs> that left wing position. I think he's um I possibly the better of the two options there but ask me again next week and i might say martinelli because they're they're kind of pushing each other really well um you know martinelli has not been uh as prolific a scorer this season but he he offers quite a bit when he is in it's it's hard to make the case to drop either one of them but uh only one can really Slot in in this current formation, so I think a lot of people have been asking where how either a how do you get both of them in or b who who is the ideal starter for this team?
1: Well, M- M- Mikel Arteta has an idea of that, which is uh, to start a uh, Smith Rowe as a uh, striker. I've heard him mention that in a uh, interview.
0: Yeah, did, did, what did you make of that? Was that just like, oh, he can play a number nine, or do you feel like that was a hint that he he might want to try that as a
1: as, I mean, as, I, as a role for him? I I don't think it's crazy. I, he's scoring a lot of goals, which I know, you know, is not necessarily an indication that he could play up top. He's scoring a lot of goals from midfield, but I mean, that's it's almost exactly what happened from Henri, where Henri was coming in from almost. Midfield wide positions before he got converted to an a striker. Maybe that's Smith Rowe's uh, big boy position. I I don't know. I it's worth a try. I mean, it's not like our other strikers are scoring. So I I find it interesting because of the two.
0: I I always thought the con- the person to convert would be Martinelli, and I I if if it ends up being Smith Rowe, I would be surprised, but I it would be a welcome surprise.
1: I mean, it's just take the uh, his goal he scored on uh, the Brentford game. It was not just a, a movement from the uh, the midfield that made it. It was his finishing ability. A, a striker would be proud of that goal.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the little bit of spin he puts on it, I mean, that a that is ornery-esque really to find that, that corner and, and just put that, that little bit of touch on it to spin it around the keeper.
1: Such a good goal. Maybe it shows that uh, Arteta is playing 3D chess, and that's why we didn't <laughs> sign a striker in this window, is that it, he has a complete faith in uh, in Smith Rowe going forward.
0: Yeah, I think that in that first half, the thing that did jump out at me is the need, the glaring need for a striker. Like There is a lot of movement. There's a lot of action going down the wings. Like you said, we've got strong um, you know, you've got Sokka bombing down the right-hand side, you've got great connection with uh, Odegaard, who tends to drift out that way. Uh, and, and Lacazette does combine. He, he had he had an assist in this game. Um, he is involved. But there are moments where you need a player that can play a little bit higher and can also check back and be part of the buildup. And I just don't see Lacazette being that guy at the moment. He's kind of one or the other, but he's not going to out, outpace anybody <laughs> going forward. Um So if he does come back to try to connect, you know, link up with the, uh, the game further, you know, further behind the play, it is, it is difficult for him to get back involved, get upfield. And I, I, I do feel like it leaves this kind of central gap that one, you know, it, it forces Smith Rowe or Saka to kind of get pulled into the middle a little bit more. But it would be nice if we had a player there that could link up and and be a little bit uh, speedier, a little bit more tidy with the ball, and can actually be a goal scoring threat. You know, I, I think. I, I don't want to knock Lacazette too much because he did have a, a potential goal called back that, you know, what, it was a pretty easy tap in, but, you know, outside of that, I felt like there was a couple times, I just wish that he offered a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I'm kind of just resigned, not resigned is the wrong word. I've, gain acceptance with Lacazette. I used to be really annoyed with him for a long time, but I think I was being annoyed because I wanted a player that he wasn't or isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think where he is now is that the worst Giroud is just the, what I keep on saying to myself is just a a big player in the center that you kind of ping it off of and then he distributes it to the wing and that's his role in the team. And I, well, I don't think is the you know, going forward in future versions of this team is ideal. I think right now he's doing a serviceable job. Uh, and I think, you know, against teams like Brentford, we saw that it was a very serviceable job. We got the job done. I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to complain too much about this win or uh, critique too too far because I think for the most part, the players did their job and that with the f- finally uh, first goal and then getting the second goal from Saka.
0: Uh, That being said, you know, about Lacazette's role currently and the discussion with shifting over Emile Smith-Rowe or Martinelli, do you feel like that is realistic that that would happen in this season? Like you would see another player shift as a center center forward or a striker? or, Or do you feel like there is just not enough room for error in this run, run up to the end of the season to make those sorts of uh, experiments happen.
1: I don't think there's room for error, but I also don't think there is any room for anything on the bench. We have two recognized strikers. We're a bad injury away from having no recognized strikers. It's not like our two recognized strikers are scoring. I don't want to pour on the, the poor guy who's only on for a couple of minutes, but I mean, and Kedia did not impress me. Came on, doesn't seem like he's shouting for minutes. If Lacazette is tired, we're about to go into a period in March where we're probably going to be playing a lot of games. It's going to be, we have four games in hand on people, three games on hand. I forget exactly where we are. Games on hand, but we have to make up a lot of games and happen sometime where they become fast. The you just, and, you know, Lacazette is going to need a break, and I don't know if you can just solely rely on Nkedia for that. So, it's probably going to be a need, capacity to throw somebody else out there.
0: Yeah, right now, we sit at 23 games played, uh, which puts us three matches behind, or three games in hand, I should say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I... I I feel like you could make the case for trying some things, especially like, I guess the the hard part is Arsenal don't are rarely racing out ahead of other teams. Like obviously in this game, even till the end, weren't, (laughs) weren't totally, um, dominating. And, uh, you know, it, it could have, it, if you get into a situation where you're going up three goals on a team, then maybe you can have those opportunities to experiment and try some formation shifts and that sort of thing. Um, but as long as you're, you know, just a go, you know, this goal line it kind of flatters Brentford a little bit with their garbage time goal, but, um, you know, you get a late goal like that. Sometimes that can come back and bite you at the last minute. So, until you can feel really comfortable, it's hard to make those sorts of gambles. And uh, I, I, I feel like Arteta is more of a pragmatist. He's he might want to tinker with things, but I, I don't think he wants to reinvent the wheel if things are working well yeah, to some I'm- degree.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not shouting out that we need to do it. I uh, obviously prefer something similar to today's lineup out every single game for the rest of the season. I just don't think between Nkedia and Lacazette, the amount of games we have left, and especially with the compressed time that Arteta is going to have a choice, he's going to have to do something different because they're, both those players are going to tire out. Both those players are gonna miss some form and you're gonna want to change something up. So it's it's gonna be a necessity to to uh, try something out, not not you know tinkering or experimenting.
0: Yeah, I think if you're looking at how to fit in Neil Smithrow and Martinelli in this, I don't think you try to fit them both in the starting lineup. I do I do think it is important to have some bench depth to draw from um, we saw Pepe come in and look look decent, um, and so he he's obviously somebody who can come in and, and make an impact off the bench. But you know we've also seen Smith Rowe come off off the bench and be very good and a game a game changer uh, a few times uh, earlier this season where he was able to come off the bench and score pretty quickly. Uh, so having those sorts of options is uh, really great. And if you can have a change of pace player like Martinelli, who can come on and um, run at tired defenders, that can also be an asset that we could utilize. So if you do want a a change of pace, you have a you, you do a swap for Martin uh, Martinelli and for Lacazette instead. I'd I'd love to see something like that where he he could really stretch his legs and and. Make some make some guys have to work hard at the end of games um so i you know i whether it's smith rowe or martinelli coming off the bench i think that would be the best utilize you do i can't talk tonight <laughs> 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 utilization of them instead of trying to fit everybody into the starting lineup
1: yeah uh moving on what do you think of Sokka's goal
0: Oh, it's my favorite kind of goal, to be honest. Yeah. Is when you are just dinking it off the post. There's something about that satisfying sound, where it, and then just having it uh, look so effortless. I think that was, um, you know, it, it, both him and uh, Mill Smith Road kind of scoring from the same area, but doing it in different ways, and just both both making it look kind of easy and i think that's they they look confident they look like they are both uh in good form and it's exactly what i said we would need this season from both of them and they had this this we we needed them to step up and be goal contributors more this season than ever and they have you know with with Emile Smith throws ten goals. I think uh, Saka's close to that as well. It's um it's exactly it's exactly what this team needs right now. and there's there's a lot of weight on their shoulders, but they don't show it, which is it it speaks well to the way that they've been trained. they They play way above their their age,
1: yeah, one of the things the uh, commentators mentioned at the beginning of the game was that, Soccer has been involved with every regular season game Arsenal's played this year, which for a midfielder, actually a pretty, uh, pretty amazing thing, especially after the, uh, I mean, straight off the, uh, Euros and the Euro final, which was means he has not had a lot of break from playing soccer.
0: No, I need, uh, you know, I think you can expect that from young players to just keep running and running and running. Uh, you hope it never catches up to him, but, it is something to keep in the back, back of the coach's mind, I guess, that at some point he'll need a break. But, um, you know, with, with Pepe available, I think he should utilize that as much as he can to give Saka some rest. But you also have Emil Smith-Rowe, who did get subbed off for Pepe in this game, um, who's been nursing an injury and, and has had to kind of uh, come back slowly from that. So it is It is something that Arteta is going to have to manage uh, because there's a thin squad. We have to really try to rotate carefully and make sure that we're not having major injuries to these really important young players. And I, I, I do think we've seen that a lot with um, Arsenal in the past where we had promising young players get their careers derailed by... Frequent injuries or injuries that didn't have a chance to heal properly because they got rushed back too soon. Um, so I, I think managing the expectations for these players because they are still developing and they're um, still really young and have have time to to grow and develop. I don't think we have to push them to their uh, extremes to get to get what we need. Uh, and it would be a shame if, if we overdid it in the name of trying to reach the top four and ended up losing one, uh, you know a, a promising young player for an extended period of time because we, we needed them to uh, play beyond their uh, limitations. So I, it, it's, I, I hope that we don't have to address that. I think at their age, it should be fine and they should be able to play through and, and be okay with, with just Premier League games on the horizon. There's not like a ton of congestion as far as that goes. So I, I'm hopeful that we we continue to see these, these players flourish through the rest of the season. And um, Saka, man, just outstanding to, to watch him shine. Because it, it's nice when you have one player like that, to, but to have him uh, and Emil Smithrow and Odegaard and uh, Martinelli, and you know, it's just it's uh, embarrassment of riches. We just got to get them all firing at the same time here.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, getting back to, uh, to Saka and to a certain extent uh, Smithrow, the idea is that we're going to have these players for a while. That like, they're not just a, a this year, next year type of thing. If you want to hold on to them for a while, you want to make sure that their value extends long. So you want to be, be careful with managing their minutes and the games that they play, especially because there's also the uh, world cup coming up later this year, which is weird to me, which means that there's going to be compressed scheduling and a lot more games in a shorter amount of time. And I assume both of them are probably going to make the squad. I would think so. I would hope so. Um
0: one player i mentioned there that we haven't talked about yet and i think deserves deserves a mention is is odagard uh he's he's been playing really well not necessarily the most flashy but steady and you know, he's just been a leader on the field that you can you can see other player other players um are, are better because of him. Uh, he had a great dummy in this game that got Sokka off on a break. And, uh, those little flashes, I, I really appreciate from him that he, he has the tenacity and and the gall to try some of these (laughs) things. Uh, but he, he's just buzzing around in the, the things that he does to get players into space and the things that he's willing to do, you know, he's, he's like a meal Smith He's a player that's always running and, and, you know, you're going to get a one, two from him because he is going to pass you the ball and then make a run and, or he's always going to have his head up looking for your run. So I think that predictability and that, uh, um, cohesion that he's developed with Saka and the players around him. Um, He just looks like a player that's starting to get really comfortable. And I'm, I'm excited for him and what he has the potential to be in the coming years. It's, it's hard to believe we got him for such a cut rate because I think he could be uh, a really amazing player in in another season.
1: And it's not just the, the, the flashes and the dummies, which you rightly pointed out, those are amazing and fun. I'm really appreciating his vision and it's not all coming off and it's, you know, sometimes getting broken up or the pass is a little off here or there, but the types of passes that he's making, the, the, the way he's looking and seeing the field is, is really promising and exciting for me. I think in a game like this game where he has a little bit more time than I think other, other games do that. I think it was really amazing to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with him and I'm, I'm very Looking forward to once we get a few more pieces to see how they all connect.
0: One of my favorite partnerships of um, you know recent Arsenal history is the Ozil Sanchez combo, mm-hmm. and they could connect sometimes and make it look so effortless. And I do see some of that developing with Saka. Uh, But I, I imagine if we could get the right kind of striker up in front of Odegaard, he could really, um, unlock some doors on the offensive side of things too. And I think if you have a more effective striker in front of him, it opens up space for him to get some shots off as well, because he, he does, he does shoot. It's not like he's trying, you know, I think sometimes he should shoot more, um, with more confidence, um, I think sometimes he kind of has a hesitant shot like he he has this last second uh, idea that he maybe should have passed or he does pass when he should have shot um I think that will develop and I think there's um, there's time for that but you know I, I think there's also a, a scenario where he could really benefit from somebody in front of him um, who is gonna take who is gonna draw defenders and is gonna make make defenders honest a little bit. Um, where they can kind of free up some space for Odegaard to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, I mean, confidence is... that If you start having, you know, the confidence of uh, Saka and Smith-Rowe, it's got to rub off on him eventually. He'll be more confident to take that uh, shot because there was a shot in the second half, I want to say. I'm trying to remember which... might have been the first half, actually, where instead of... He was kind of directly in front goal about... hmm, and he had a better angle for the shot. And instead, he laid it off to Sokka on the right, who was just kind of almost towards the end line. And it would have probably been better for him to shoot that ball or to pass it off to Sokka, who had a harder angle. So.
0: Yeah, he had he had three shots in this game. Um, and that maybe doesn't tell the whole, whole story because I think there are a couple of iffy shots. But, you know, it, it is, I think he could really shoot more and nobody would think worse of him. You know, like I think he is ha- has, uh, he gets himself into good spaces and should take advantage of that. Uh, but I think when you have, when you have Sokka and Smithrow around you, you kind of want to defer to them because they can do some amazing things. Uh, and I don't think anybody faults him for being more of a create a creator than a scorer at this point, but I do see flashes of it. And I'm just like, oh you're almost there. If you could just, just have that little bit, a little bit more confidence. Um, but he tries stuff and that's, that's the thing that's admirable. And, uh, you, you have to, you have to try to be, do that to be a really creative player. You have to just try some things and see what happens. Um, but it's never so egregious that you're like groaning that he tried,
1: you know? Well, speaking of trying things, I'm going to make a segue here. <laughs> Someone not willing to try something was Xhaka and the arm, trying on the armband. And I don't know if you want to talk about this at all or what, but that was the only other kind of event of note that I've found in the game. What are your thoughts on Z- not being excited to get the armband?
0: I. You know, I I think it's been talked talked about enough now, where we can say there's no no drama to see here. You know, I don't think there was any um, anything to read into that all, all that much. Like now that I've heard some further explanations, it sounds like that was uh, just part of the pecking order, I guess, in that he was not the person who was supposed to take the armband, so he you know it, rather than take it and pass it on he just had em hold on to it a little bit longer so that uh uh tierney could take it after he took the throw in uh so it, 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 i think it was the announcers were r- trying to read into things and people picked up on that and and ran with it and in in retrospect it's probably not a big deal but because of Xhaka's... um weird relationship with the captain's armband. Uh, people were ready to latch on to any little bit of drama. And I, I don't think there's any anything really to latch on to. I think it was just, it was tyrannies to take. Because of where everybody was, it got kind of messy for a minute and then it got sorted out. So not a big deal overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, fir- my first thought on it is like, I I have such... A little care about the captaincy it's not it's it is so not the biggest thing in the world and i don't think is as big a deal as people will make it out to be i think it's a very small small piece of a very large puzzle there are a lot more things i'm much more worried about and i think I think with Jaka uh, I, I after that incident happened i just started watching him a little bit and i i I think he fulfills a lot of the roles of the captaincy without even having to have the armband on. Like He often is the one discussing things with the referee. He's often being fiery. I think you can fulfill those roles without a piece of cloth around your arm, and it's fine. And I think it would be weird if he put on the captain's band again. I I think it would be a news story that no one wants. Fans don't want it, or Teta doesn't want it. I don't think Jacques wants it. I think we're all finding it kind of like chill where we're at. So... Uh, Yeah, I think it was a lot of hubbub about nothing and a lot of, I don't like the two announcers, especially, uh, what's his name? The second one, uh, he's Nigerian and I forget his name. Uh, But uh, the second announcer, the color commentator, he isn't my favorite announcer. He tends to be very negative, very tries to stir up drama when it isn't there type of of thing. Eh,
0: Yeah, not a fan of that myself. Um, yeah, I guess there's, there's only one other thing to talk about in this game and that's the, uh, the late goal. I don't know if we have too much to say about it. It's just kind of unfortunate that it happened at all. Cause I think this, especially Ramsdale is very much keen on, uh, keeping a clean sheet. So it's, it's a bummer that they let that go in late in the game, like they did.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a bummer. I always like a clean sheet over not, but it turns out like three points are three points are three points. If 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 things come down to goal differential, this can be one of the places we can brew the fact that we let a goal in. But I, yeah, I, I mean again, not much to see. Arsenal completely switched off at a point during that free kick when they thought it was offsides. They really just switched off and like let the ball go in. Uh, you'd ideally like to see a little bit more fight, but it was also the ninth, third minute. They were, no, it, it wasn't going to lose them the game. I think to me, the more interesting thing was the fact that Arsenal didn't try and possess the ball after kickoff. Of that. They kind of kicked it back to Ramsey, and Ramsey booted it up forward, which allowed for one last attack. A little frightening.
0: Yeah well at least it didn't come back to it, it was late enough in the game it didn't come back to bite us
1: yeah it, it was late enough and I, I just thought uh maybe that was indicative of a little bit of turning off the mind and not realizing the time of the game and the fact that like keeping possession for about 30 seconds going to the corner maybe instead of ramsdale just booting it up to the box for a 60 40 ball to uh, that there were better better uses of possession yeah than you could have killed off the game
0: you know, I'm just looking at the the table right now, and the the thing that separates West Ham from Arsenal is a single goal in goal differential. <laughs> They're even <laughs> on points, so you know that would <laughs> that would have made a slight difference. But uh,
1: we'll see if that's the case at the end of the year, which is an important time to look at the table.
0: I don't know what the next tiebreaker is. If we were tied on goal differential and points, I don't is know. Is it head to
1: head after that?
0: It, it might be. I think that's Wait, it. Wait,
1: actually, it's, so it's probably uh, goal differential, goal scored, goals conceded, and then head. Usually how that works. Okay. But well, I, they change it every once in a while, so I always forget. It's different leagues a leagues. So I am very welcome to be around.
0: Either way, we have three games in hand on uh, against West Ham, so it's, you know. tied on points, but we got, we got a ways to go before that evens out. We'll have to see. There's a few games. Yep. Uh, let's not get too far ahead as far as talking about the points on the table right now, because we, we have, uh, lots more games to play, including another game against the Wanderers. I'll, I'll I'll give them the right nickname. Um, yeah, coming up on, uh, Thursday, we have another, uh, or the is this the makeup game or is the previous one the makeup game? Now I don't I don't know which I, um, is which. It's very confusing with all these replays and uh, mixed up schedule. But
1: I imagine a Thursday game is going to be the replay and not the original game.
0: Well, the last game was a Thursday game too, so I don't I don't know which one's which. But this one you know, might be a little spicier. There was some words said after the last game about how Arsenal celebrated after winning the game with 10 men. Well, some comments after the game made it sound like the, the Wolves were not happy about that. And uh, I think it's time for Arsenal to show them that it was, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they can pro- prove the point that it, they are the better team here and, uh, and really shut down any, any further comments. If with a win on Thursday
1: yeah I mean we we spent some time discussing them a few weeks ago not much has changed since the last time we talked about this fixture. Yeah. uh I I'll say that uh you know they have a very very stingy defense they rarely let goals in uh that being said it's a thing that we've beaten before I think they're very beatable they're if we can keep keep all the players on the field will be ideal but it's it's a it's a winnable game that i think should be a fun game it should be close it should be exciting but it's something that i expect to get some points at it's at home which we need to maximize our points at home so yeah and well i don't know much much more to talk about that
0: yeah i would say just just looking at the table right now um a win for for the wolves would put them at 43 points which would leapfrog arsenal um and west ham at this point but a win for arsenal would put put us up into fifth place so it is every game is important I, you know as you're jockeying for position the further up you can be the better and i'd like to see arsenal climb and get up into that fourth or fifth position and stay there for a while we've kind of been hovering Um, fifth or sixth and it would be nice to move up and stay up for a bit. So every, every win is important, but we have to, we, we not only have to win these, um, you know, I would say this is a challenging game uh, compared to Brentford. Um, You know, you have to get those three points against a team like Brentford, but it's even more important to beat the teams that are around you. Uh, So, beating the team that's hunting you right now is really important. And I think we are, uh, you know, you need every bit of confidence that you can get. I think coming, coming out of a recent game where we beat them with 10 men, I think the team's going to feel pretty confident that they can do it again, especially at home. But, uh, they put up a good fight. I don't think the wolves are going to just, um, Go down easy. I think that's it's still going to be a challenge, and uh, I, I I think Arsenal are up for it. But it it is not. I I don't expect it to be a uh, an easy win for them at, by any means. I,
1: I mean, I, I, the worry, the biggest worry I have is that Arsenal hasn't had the best luck scoring recently, and mm. their and Wolves' defense is very 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 second low scores scored against after City, so. That, that's my biggest worry but yeah we'll see i'm looking forward to it yeah
0: it's hard to believe they've only allowed 18 goals all season
1: yeah they've been sneakily good they've been sneak a lot of people haven't been talking about them but they've been they've, wolves have had a very decent campaign this year they also haven't been great at scoring or their uh, record would be a lot better <laughs> but yeah uh, but uh they it hasn't been a, a bad season for them why this game should be a pretty uh pretty good game to watch?
0: Yeah, I expect it to be a very defensive game, but it is one of those ones that it could it will come down who's gonna who's gonna make the first mistake, and I hope it's not down to some stupid refereeing decision because that 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 comes up far too often. If we could just talk about this game kind of from an even uh, viewpoint here without having to bring up referees or VAR or something ridiculous, it would be nice. we didn't really even talk about that in the Brentford uh, game there were several instant instances that could have been penalties for Arsenal Um, but I'm just kind of sick of talking about it you know we're just not going to get those calls if it's at all controversial it's probably not going to go for us Um, more likely going to go against us so
1: yeah I'm just at this quiet reserve uh, resolve at this point it is what it is and I'm just going to move on because me getting super upset about it's not going to change anything. (laughs) It
0: it is mentally exhausting. So it's, it's hard to want to keep, keep beating that drum. Um, okay. We should probably stop there, take a quick break and come back with a, a question and then wrap things up. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Welcome back from the break. We've got one question for you this week and I'm going to say it now. Our our shows are much better when we have lots of questions from you guys. So, you know, if you don't know how to send in questions, stick around to the end of the show and where we tell you how to do that. But if you do know, you have no excuse to not send in questions every week. Like you, yes. you definitely have something you want to ask us. I know you do take a moment, send us a question every week single episode <laughs> no big deal you can totally do that
1: otherwise it's just us talking to ourselves so
0: yeah like a couple of weeks ago it was literally just me talking to myself you don't want that <laughs> all right uh so a question this week is more of a discussion topic and uh it comes from granel misquith uh he he says always oh, back to form for barca you know what do you think about Aubameyang's latest run? You know, he had a hat trick the other day. What 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 do you think of that? Does does it matter?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there there is a large part of me that doesn't really care all that much. He's no longer an Arsenal player. I think you can get stuck on this like big. What if it people like to talk about NABRI, that and things? Like, at, at a certain point, you just kind of have to cut ties. So it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. To me, to be honest, as long as he's not hurting Arsenal, I'm I'm happy for the guy doing well. Uh, I think I do have a couple quibbles with that interpretation. that You will allow me for. I watched both of those games: one Champions League game and one because it was the uh, one of the games of the week at the bar. So, and I know, uh, you know, regular uh, uh, question asker Jonathan Milas. We'll have some quib- quibbles about this, but I wasn't that impressed with him in the Champions League game. To be honest, I thought he was fine, and you know he looked all right. But he wasn't; he didn't score in that one. He scored a hat trick, yeah, in the uh, subsequent game against Valencia. Uh, but two games to call it form is a little much. I, there's been a million false starts for Aubameyang in Arsenal, so like just to. uh to say that the even if, if you if I concede the fact that he had a good game in the Champions League game, I still wouldn't say that this is a run of form. it's two games that he's played. I also think he's being played in a different role than he would at Arsenal and surrounded by different players so you're going to get a different result no matter what. So sure I, he's doing well, hopefully he does well until he plays Arsenal or has a, a reason to affect Arsenal. Other than that, I'm, yeah, okay.
0: Do you feel like the quality of the league makes a difference?
1: Yes, no, I don't. I, I think I, it's an interesting question because I don't think the La Liga is as, as bad as people seem to think. it. I think the bottom bottom end of the La Liga, the La Liga that was <laughs> the bottom end of La Liga is probably, or is definitely worse than the Premier League. But I think currently you have a lot of decently talented teams in that middle to upper middle that aren't just Real and Barcelona. It's not a t- just a two-team league. But I th- and I think Valencia is one of those teams that you could generally consider to be a more difficult opponent. So Sure. There's a little bit of that. I think it's a differently paced league. I think that's something that you can look at. I think that uh, premier league is, is miles faster than uh, La Liga. And as if a player is aging, that might actually be a helpful to go to a, a slower league.
0: Yeah, I, that was kind of my impression of it was that a, he's, he's not being asked to do a lot defensively. Um, or as much I should say, as what Arteta would expect, uh, and I, I, you're he's surrounded by quality players who are more established, so he's not having to carry as much of the load in general. And I don't feel like you know, for if, if we're lamenting the fact that he's not with Arsenal anymore, I don't feel like this team is worse off without him. It was kind of uh, we needed to get more out of him or cut ties, and it, we weren't going to get more out of him. So it's it's not like if we still had him, he'd be scoring all of a sudden. I just didn't I didn't see a scenario where it was going to just change based on who we had around him and what he was able to do in this league. Is kind of he peaked, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think also you have a different set of motivations. And I think Aubameyang is a very motivated, very incentive-based motivator that I think, you know, he had a giant contract and didn't need to necessarily perform anymore for Arsenal to just still get that giant paycheck. But I think that might play into it, whereas now he has a kind of redemption arc. He's also playing for Barcelona, which is, you know, historically a team that, is you know one of the the big teams to make a name, so I think he has some, some motivation that way that he didn't have. Plus, timekeeping in Spain is a little bit more Obamaing style than it is in England.
0: What do you what do you mean by that?
1: Uh, that uh, oh, just as
0: far as him getting to things on time.
1: Yeah, I just that uh, in Spain they tend to be a little bit looser about deadlines than they do. I found than they do in uh, England gotcha
0: okay yeah maybe that fits him better i i if he feels comfortable he's going to play better that's all there is yeah. to it all right well i i would say don't don't lose any sleep over losing a ba it's going to be okay it might be that's... it might be tough in the short term but i think we're better off in the long term because that money that we're saving every single week is going to go by a much younger and hopefully much Better player for us in the in the long
1: run. I mean, to be honest, I was more annoyed of a uh, Vilvic scoring his uh, goal in the thirtieth second of the Champions League than <laughs>
0: anything. Yeah, but that just told me he was too good for where we're at right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, it's like it, it it's kind of when you see a player that's at that level, it's like, OK, well, we're obviously not going to go out and sign Holland or, you know, like there's just there's just players that are out of our reach based on where we're at. And when they're that good and we're not in Champions League yet, it, it there's just a lot that has to happen before we have earned our way into that level of of player.
1: And speaking of players in the Champions League uh, that have been linked to Arsenal, Aryer did not start for uh, Villarreal today, hmm. or not Villarreal, uh, Yeah, Villarreal.
0: Okay. Well, you know, there's a there's a lot of names that have been linked to us, but it's only going to happen when we actually make the Champions League. So yeah. we've we've got to we've got to do our work first. <laughs> All right, I think we can wrap this one up now. We've we've Said a, said a lot and you know, said a lot uh, you know before we even started this episode <laughs> we did a lot of work to get this to you so I'm tired and ready to call it a day and uh, I, I appreciate those of you who stuck around and, and listen to us every week even when we are uh, struggling to get out an episode you, you know it makes all the difference that you, you listen uh, if you haven't done so review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode and uh, and as I said before, send us questions. It makes our day, it makes the episode better, and it drives the conversation and it gives us uh, cool things to talk about. So, Twitter is one place you can do that. Uh, we are at W of N London. Our email email address is westofnorthlondon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash westofnorthlondon slash message. It's the place you can do that. Uh, we have a Discord. You can find a link to that in our show notes. We'd love to get you uh, chatting over there and sending questions and uh, just joining us for general Arsenal discussion at any and all times. Plus, there people just want to talk the sport or anything. You can take it up there. So join us for that over on our Discord. Uh, if you like our theme song, that's from a band called Bobcat. They have a website, which is b o b c .at, and an album called No Course to Follow, which you can find there, plus much more. Go check them out. And I believe that is all for us this week. So, as always, the next gun show.